0: i took my troubles to the lord
1: i cried out to him and he answered my prayer i looked to the mountains does my help come from there my help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the
0: house of the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever.
1: Several years ago, I was... Actually, training for a 5K. I know that you don't look at me right now and go, Pastor, you don't look like somebody who would run long distance. But when I was younger, uh, yeah, I did. I was raising money for Speed the Light, which is the youth missions arm of the Assemblies of God that provides our missionaries with uh, essential uh, transportation and what they call creative communication. We we buy them sound systems and things like that. And uh, and so what I did is I was training uh, because you know I, I no longer would use my Walkman, I actually you know, had my iPod or my iPhone, and uh, I made a modern-day mixtape, a, a playlist of songs that were motivational to get me through. This was about 10 years ago, you know, late 30s and that I, that I was at at that time, and I wanted some songs that really got my blood flowing, you know, songs that motivate me. I'm one of those kind of guys that I'm motivated by music. I didn't need no little kumbaya kind of moment, and you know, I wanted something that got my blood flowing. And so I got Mastodon's Run to the Water, Idle Cures, I don't know if you guys remember them, but they were a Christian rock band when I was in junior high, and I loved them. They have a song called Running. And then I had The Brave, another one that was a a Christian rock band in the the time of my college years, and they have a song called Running All My Life. You can see the things. The theme here is pumping rock music. Uh, with the theme of running, and then pet, finally Petra's Run for the Prize. I, I needed that. These songs helped me as I was training. They helped me as I actually ran the uh, 5K. And because I knew there was always a point in that race where I would, or, or the training where I would just like hit this wall, like I would hit a wall, and and I needed to push through that wall physically. If you've ever ran long distance, you understand what I'm talking about. I would strategically put in my playlist, Striper's version of the Kansas classic, Carry On Wayward Son. <laughs> I needed that. Now, if I was making that mixtape today, I would actually put Toby Mack's song, Move, Keep Walking, Soldier, Keep Moving On, because I would just be happy to be able to walk a 5K today. So that, But every song can have a purpose, Right. I know Carrie Livgren didn't write the song "Carrie Won Wayward Son for a 40-year-old youth pastor raising money for missions. The song actually written by Livgren was autobiographical. He he described it like this. He said, parallel to my musical career, I've always been on a spiritual sojourn looking for truth and meaning. He went on to say, it was kind of a song of self-encouragement. I was telling myself to keep on looking and I would find what I sought. Livgren starts his self motivational speech right from the beginning. Carry on, wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Approximately five years after writing this song, Livgren would find the truth he had been looking for when he became a follower of Jesus Christ. I love how that song's a little bit prophetic because it, it, it has a line in there that says, Surely heaven waits for you. He understood, he understood that there was something that led to eternal life, to eternal peace. And today what we're going to do is we're going to continue our series, Mixtape. And we've been looking at the songs of the ascent. There are 15 psalms that are dubbed the Psalms of the Ascent. They, they basically formed a hymnal or a playlist or a mixtape, if you will, that was used by the people as they would, as they would went to Jerusalem for these annual feasts, uh, Passover in the spring, Pentecost in the early summer, and the Feast of Tabernacles in the autumn. And these pilgrims would sing these songs together as they they, they didn't have walkmans they didn't have things like that but they were able to just use their voices and sing these songs together you know kind of like some of you used to sing 20, uh, 99 bottles you know what I'm talking about yeah, come on some of y'all that's what you sang on the school bus you know what I'm talking about you, you it was milk it wasn't you know that's what I'm talking about it was milk all right and there we go but some of y'all did that y'all got the look of guilt on your face that's what they did these. Pilgrims sang these songs together as they journeyed in family groups to Jerusalem, and it helped focus their mind on the Lord and what God had done for them and what He had done for their nation. So, this psalm, similar to Livergan's autobiographical song, takes the hearer, or in our case, the reader, on a journey. And like the Kansas Classic, there'll be peace when we're done with this journey. Psalm 125 those who trust in the Lord. Are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. And just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. The wicked will not rule the land of the godly, for then the godly might be tempted to do wrong. O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. But banish those, who are, banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. Take them away with those who do evil. May Israel have peace. Everybody say that word, peace. peace. The goal for the journey is peace. The very last line of the psalm, may Israel have peace. We can look at this one of two ways. We can look at it in light of our everyday lives, what do, what do people want in life? They want peace, right? They want a magical formula. They want some sort of potion that somehow produces peace. Peace from conflict. How many, how many know some people want peace from collectors? They want peace from the emotions of this life. They want peace in our world. They want peace in their home. They want peace in the workplace. They want something that will give them peace, And when people can't find peace, what happens is many people choose to self-medicate with substances. They drink, they smoke, they take pills, they even shoot up to try and to gain some sort of peace. We could feel really self-righteous and say, well, I don't do those things. However, church, we aren't immune to seeking outside sources to get peace. We could feel really self-righteous, but if if I want to help you this morning, some of us turn to food to bring comfort. Some of us take a charge of dopamine every time we just keep scrolling on the Facebook or the Instagram reels or the Twitter or the threads or whatever TikTok that there is that's out there, and we're looking for something, and we're looking for peace. Peace. Some people throw themselves into their hobbies. They become the best griller they can. They become the best softball player they can become. They become the best fisherman. They become the best cross-stitcher. They become the best whatever your hobby is, and you throw yourself in that all looking for peace. We can move from relationship to relationship to relationship without dealing with the number one common denominator in all of our relational problems. That's the person that looks right back at the mirror in us every morning. There's a second way to look at this. What do people long for? They long for eternal peace. When someone passes away, what do we say? Rest in peace. It's something we wish for anyone that time is over on this life is that we want for them to have peace. See, I don't believe that the psalmist here is is. Getting an either-or type of peace, I think it's a a both-and. I think that we can have peace on earth and we can have eternal peace. We see three different types of people in this psalm. Pull out your notes today if you want to follow along. You can go to connectathope.com and click on that on that uh, button that says Bible app there, and you can follow along with us as well. The first one is this: there are three types of people. Listen, I'm going to go real fast this morning on this. Those who trust in the Lord. Verse 1 starts out with that phrase, those who trust in the Lord. They're also described as the godly or they're described as the good here. The second thing is that there are those who compromise. Verse 3 talks about the godly who are tempted to do wrong. Now, I want you to know this morning that it's not wrong to be tempted, Jesus was tempted. Compromise happens when we move from temptation to actually doing. When we move from just being tempted to doing wrong. The third thing is those who turn to crooked ways. Verse 5 says, But banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. Take them away with those who do evil. See, this isn't a momentary lapse of judgment. This is full-on rebellion. How me know that there's times when we can compromise and we realize we've messed up and we immediately come back to God? Maybe we say something hurtful to somebody and we're like, man, I wish I could take that back and we go back and we apologize and we move on in our life. But then there are those people who make a conscious decision Listen, I don't care about this anymore. I'm going to con- I care about this over here more about doing this or about doing this evil or about doing this thing. And I'm going to keep on doing that. And it's full on rebellion. It's a decision. It's a turning away from the, the good to live a life of sin. Now, if we were to poll the audience this morning, I bet the vast majority would say that they want to be in the group that trusts in the Lord. I bet the vast majority of us would say, we want to be in that group that trusts in the Lord because we know that's the way to peace. So how do we achieve that? I think it's right here in this psalm. First thing is, is write this down. Peace comes from resting in the security of God. Look at verse one. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as as Mount Zion, they will not be defeated, but will endure forever. And just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever. What this part of the verse deals with is the setting. Now, we've said throughout this series that they're going to Jerusalem, they're singing these songs, and, and, and you know they're singing a song about where they're going. Now this week we were traveling to uh, South Carolina and we went through Alabama and both times we went through Alabama, I dialed up on the playlist, a little sweet home Alabama, you know, come on, you got to sing that when you go through Alabama, it's a rite of passage, you know, you sing songs about Texas, when you come back into Texas, you sing songs, some of y'all are singing this morning, I can hear big wheels keep on turning. You know, get your mind right this morning. Come on, somebody. I guess I I did that to you, didn't it? You're going to be struck in your head the rest of the day. So they're singing this song about Jerusalem. And they're talking about how it's secure. And as they're singing this, they're going to be able to see what they're singing about. That Jerusalem is secure. It was and it is surrounded by mountains. In ancient times, without the threat of attack from the air... A setting like that would provide limited ways to be attacked. Jerusalem was also believed to have had two walls that surrounded it. So if you didn't think you were just secure enough, I mean, it not only had a lock, but it had a deadbolt, and it had one of those little things that come across the hotel room. You know what I'm talking about. It had, it had several ways of protection to keep you from harm. Jerusalem had these two walls that were around it, and those who traveled there could rest in the safety and security of that mountain, as well as the walls that were around the city. So they would sing the song as they were going to Jerusalem. It would be a real-life illustration of the security that they had in Jerusalem, but also the security that they had in God. Because they said they, the, those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They're secure. As Mount Zion. So this is a real life illustration here. Psalm sixty-two verse five says, "Let all that I am quiet wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock." In my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart to Him, for God is our refuge. See, as long as we stay in the fortress, we experience peace. As long as we stay connected to God. You say, Pastor, but my life is in turmoil right now. No, I'm not talking about outwardly. I'm talking about inwardly. So you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not fear evil. And have that peace, that sort of peace, when God is your refuge. You've all seen the bumper sticker that says, God is my co-pilot. Right? Anybody seen that? Oh, it's been around for years. God's my co-pilot. See, here's what happens. When we step outside and try to be our own fortress, we experience turmoil. So we, we, we put this out there. God is my co-pilot. Sold the Christian stores when we used to have those kinds of things around. It's sold at places like that. And when you see that, that idea, it sounds good. God is my co-pilot. But what that shows me is that there's two hands that are on the controls. There's God's hands and then they're my hands. When we accept Jesus and we make him the Lord of our life, we need to take our hands off the controls and say, God, you're not my co-pilot, you're the pilot. In fact, I'm just back here as as a stewardess, I'm just ready to serve. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'm yours, God. See, it may be get bumpy along the way. It may get chaotic at times, and you may question God and go, where are you taking me? But if he just says right here, hey, just trust in me. I'm your refuge. I'm your safety. I'm your place of security. You can experience the peace of God knowing that he's the one that's calling the shots. Our security is in our relationship with him. See, our lives are not built on sinking sand. Our lives are built on Christ, the solid rock. So we rest in that security. And as the psalmist says, we wait patiently in him. We wait patiently because he's our rock. He's our salvation. He's a fortress that cannot be shaken. So peace comes from that security. Peace also comes, write this down, from continual obedience. Look at verse 3. It says, the wicked will not rule the land of the godly, for then the godly might be tempted to do wrong. Earlier, we said there are three types of people, those who trust in the Lord. We said that then those who compromise and then those who turn to their wicked ways. There are three types of people. This deals with those that are kind of in that moment of where they're deciding or not if they're going to compromise. The godly might be tempted to do wrong. Again, it's not wrong to be tempted. It's wrong to act on that temptation. That's where compromise creeps in. And see, compromise leads to the last thing, which is those who turn to wicked ways. You compromise one time, you come back and, 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 and is, one, is one thing, but a, a series of compromises that keep leading you away, it finally makes where you turn to the wicked ways. God desires continued obedience, not occasional obedience. When John saw a vision on the Isle of Patmos, he dictated seven letters to different churches. And one of those letters was to the church at Thyatira. And he said in verse 19 of Revelation 2, he said, I know all the things you do. And some of you need to just stop and, and underline that that, that that part of the scripture. God knows all that we do, He knows everything. He knows when we get up, he knows when we go to sleep. He knows he sees that time when you minister to somebody in a special way, and he sees those moments of compromise. He knows all the things you do. He says, I have seen, here's what he says. He doesn't start out saying, I've seen all the bad things you've done. He says, no, I've seen your love, your faith. I've seen your service. I've seen your patient endurance. I I can see your constant improvement in all of these things. Now, I mean, if God said that about me, I'm like puffing my chest up a little bit going, yeah, that's awesome. But he said this in verse 20. He says, I've got this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel who calls herself a prophet to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering... And those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person. And I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching. Deeper truths, as they call them. Depths of Satan, actually. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tight. To what you have until I come, to all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all the nations. Think about that. Jesus was pleased with their spiritual growth. He says, I've seen your faith. I've seen your love. I've seen your service. I've seen your patient endurance. I can see that you're constantly getting better. You're constantly improving in all of these things. Yet he still had a complaint. What what was the complaint? They had allowed compromise to come into the church. Spiritual growth and compromise cannot coexist in the life of a believer. You can say, well, I'm growing spiritually, pastor. I'm growing spiritually. But you keep compromising in the same area over and over. In fact, you've allowed some deeper truths that really are are words straight from the pit of hell that have come into your life that are not lined up with the word of God. Listen, this is happening in our society right now. We are, we, we, we are living in a time in a season, church when people are more concerned about what it feels like or what it looks like instead of what the Word of God says. And so what they do is they compromise the Word of God so, so that they can be caring and loving. And listen, the greatest love we can give somebody is to speak to the, tr- the truth in love to them. I love you today. I love you today, but I'm not going to allow some false doctrines to arise in, within our body because, just because, just because it, it, it feels what society says is the right thing to do. I'm going to speak to scripture. I'm going to bring it out to you because the compromise of the church of Tyre, Tyre greatly displeased God. He wanted them to rid themselves of the false teaching of Jezebel and the practices that resulted Listen, he wasn't saying, he wanted, what was his thought process here? See, you look at that and you say, well, that's not loving. I can't believe a loving. Yes, God said, I gave her time to repent. I gave her time to repent, but it's causing problems within the body of Christ is causing problems. And so I need to speak to this issue right now. And the most loving thing I can do is to tell somebody, listen, the way that you're going on right now is not of God. And if you don't clean it up, I don't care how much you read your Bible. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you serve within the church. I don't care how much service you do. You can put all of these things on a checkboard, but if you're compromising the word of God and you're not living in a continued obedience to him, then you're away from him him. And God wants you to come back home. He wants you to be victorious. He wants you to live that victorious life. God has a way of bringing darkness to light. He does. Listen, he's going to give people time to repent. But this lady didn't. This this false teacher, this Jezebel spirit didn't repent. And so consequences for her actions resulted. A believer who consistently compromises is going to live in turmoil. I love you today, but you want peace in your life, then you need to follow the word of God. If you want the peace of God, you need to practice continued obedience. Listen, there are gonna be moments we all mess up. I mess up, I blow it at times. Listen, I'm not a perfect pastor and if that's what you're looking for today, church, I, I, I hate to disappoint you, but I mess up at times. I fall short sometimes, but God loves me. And I repent and I come back to him and I say, God, I'm going to keep striving and I'm going to keep going forward. But I'm not going to let my compromise turn into wickedness. I'm not going to let my compromise become a continual compromise that leads me away from God and takes me into the path of the wicked. So where does peace come from? It comes from constant abiding. I want you to look at this. This is so good. He said, oh, Lord, do good to those whose heart who are good, whose hearts are what? In tune with you. Some translations use the phrase to those who are upright in heart. What does it speak of? It speaks of righteousness, it speaks of living consistently connected to God. I love how the New Living translates this, though, whose hearts are in tune. The way we stay in tune is to stay connected. Stay connected. Now, I don't listen to the radio much anymore, but, you know, used to. I'd have to make sure it was turned in because I couldn't stand the static. You know, nowadays, we can listen to our music and our playlist and, and all that kind of things, and we, and we go along that path, and, and there's, just, there's just something about being able to stay connected. As long as I got a signal, I've got a connection. I've got good news for you this morning. You can have that connection continuously. Look at what Jesus said. These are his words. They're in red. John fifteen four, He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. And those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. And such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Donald Stamps, the author of the Fire Bible Notes, explains it like this. He says, after a person accepts Christ and is forgiven, he or she receives the gift of eternal life, which centers on a personal relationship with Christ and includes the power of the Holy Spirit to, to sustain and develop that relationship. Given that power, a Christian must then accept responsibility to stay spiritually connected to and dependent on Christ. The Greek word here means to remain, continue, or live. And just as the branch has life only as long as the vine's life flows into it, so believers have true life only as long as Christ's life flows into them through an active and vital relationship with him. So let's put it in terms of peace. Jesus is described as what? He's the prince of peace. When we are connected to the prince of peace, his peace flows into our lives. When we remain in him or when we abide in him or when we stay connected to him, the peace of God then becomes a byproduct of that connection. It becomes a byproduct of the connection. The peace of God is a result of us remaining in Christ. So peace comes from abiding. But peace also, write this down, comes from hope in our future. Look at verse five. Are you still with me? Say amen. amen. It says, but banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. Take them away with those who do evil. May Israel have peace. A few weeks ago, I got a phone call from um, one of my friends who works at the funeral home, the local funeral home here in town. And, uh, you know, we do business together. Uh, some of you will get that in a minute. It's good to have a good relationship with the, the funeral homes in town, and I, and I do. And so one of them called me. They had a family from out of town who didn't have a minister here and just needed a pastor or a minister to do the service for them. And so I agreed to do the service. I said, yes, my, you know, my heart goes out to somebody who's lost a loved one. It just is something that, that I have a deep um, you know, burden and connection for. And this, this couple had been married uh, like 65 years. I mean, lifelong partnership and and the last several years she had had uh, dementia and 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 so there was a connection there because it just their story reminded me a lot of my grandparents my granny and my granddaddy and and the connection that they'd had they'd been married for over sixty years and you know and I just my my heart goes out to them and so I agreed to do the service but my first question wasn't what time is the service what time was it going to be my first question to the funeral home was this, is uh, do you know about the lady's walk with Christ? Do you know if she was a Christian? Do you know if she attended church somewhere? You know, tell me a little bit about her spiritual history. And he said, her husband described her as a woman of God, she served in her church, you know, all of this time. Had, They'd had grown up in church, COVID the last few years with her dementia. They'd kind of moved away from uh, being able to attend in person and, and, and just uh, watched online uh, different places. And so they didn't really feel like they had a pastor that they could call because uh, they lived in the Tyler area and they were gonna, uh, she was going to be buried up here where they were from and just didn't feel like they had a pastor to call. So that's how I ended up doing the service. I'm going to tell you, it was such a relief for me because if a person doesn't have a relationship with Christ it's a different message it's a harder message for me but thankfully this woman had served God her entire life and it was such an easier message for me to write and then to communicate and speak because when you know the person's final destination it helps the pa- family grieve it helps their friends grieve because they're grieving with hope knowing that her or that she's truly resting. In peace. Verse 5 talks about taking away those who do evil. The only way that happens ultimately is in eternity. Wearsby writes, people of faith know that God will one day judge the disobedient. No matter how much they seem to get away with resisting God and abusing others, the future is your friend when Jesus is your Lord. It's not easy to walk on the narrow way, but it leads to life, while the broad way leads to destruction. They may be enjoying the pleasures of sin now, but what will the outcome be? So, when somebody passes, we want to say, rest in peace. But some for some people, their resting is not resting in peace. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a time of turmoil. It's, a, it's eternal death that keeps happening. It's a place where there, the Bible describes hell as a place of where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound like peace to me. Psalm 37, 37 through 38 says, consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. Oh, pastor, man, that's hard. No, it's truth, friend. It's truth. And as much as I would love just to put a little spin on it and just say, we can kumbaya all this together. We can love one another and everything's going to be all fine. Listen, if you're not living according to the ways of God, if you're not abiding in Him, if you're not staying connected to the Father, if you're not resting in His refuge, in His security, then you're never going to have the peace. So, which type of person are we? Are we ones who trust in God? Or maybe we're ones that compromise. Or are you one that hasn't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe you have and you've turned to those wicked and crooked ways. Let me tell you, friend, there's only one true way that leads to peace, and it's those who trust in God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path. God, I pray for every person that's in this room, for those that are in a moment of decision, whether they're in this room or watching online today, for those that are struggling because they're trying to do things their own way instead of just resting in the security that we have in you. For those that are being tempted, God, and they're not, they haven't compromised, but they're on the verge of it. And they need to rest in that constant and consistent obedience. And for those that are in this room that trust in the Lord. God, I pray that we would always trust in you with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God Romans six twenty three tells us that the wages or the payment of that sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord in John three sixteen, it says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life the way you receive that love the way you receive that gift scripture tells us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead we'll be saved So in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, if that's you in this room, maybe you need to dedicate your life to God for the first time. Or maybe you have before and you need to rededicate it today because you've been living in compromise or you've been living in full-on rebellion. And maybe you just need to make things right with God today. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand here in just a moment when I count to three. Maybe you're watching online today and you want to respond to God. You can do so by emailing us at prayer at hopefamily.tv or, or in just a moment when I count to three, you might want to just put a comment in the comment section and Pastor Ben, our media and uh, youth pastor will will be happy to pray with you today and just uh, and believe God for you this morning. I don't know where you're at this morning, but you need to ask yourself this question. Am I one who trusts in the Lord? Am I one who compromises? Where am I one who has turned to my wicked ways? If you can't say, number one, wholeheartedly in your heart, that you wholeheartedly trust in the Lord, then this morning I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you to respond to God here in just a moment. Get a fresh start today. When I count to three, would you raise your hand today, if that's you? One, two, three. Let me see your hand today. Anybody in this room, anybody watching online today, would you respond? Come on, I ask us all to pray this prayer together. Would you say, dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died, rose again, and you're the Lord of all. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for saving me. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, would you just give the Lord a hand of praise today? We sang about it earlier. Freedom. Freedom. He saved a wretch like me. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. My heart's been burdened for you, church. I've thought about peace a lot because I know in the world and time and the season that we're in, we're not living in a very peaceful time attack of the enemy, the attack on your life, the attacks on your home, the attacks on your finances. Man, it's a struggle. And I I I look at this and just even this week is I kind of decompressed. You know it's hard for me to it's hard for me to just unplug. But I tried to be strategic. I didn't look at my email Last week, Pastor Ben's probably real super proud of me right now. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't looked at my email, in, in, in over a week, I, I I don't even know what's waiting for me in the morning when I look at it. But it's fine. It'll work. We we we've been in a season where our Winsboro campus we've had two claims on our insurance in the last in the last uh, few months, and it's just it's been overwhelming at times. But through it all, God's been my source of strength. And I have peace in my heart, knowing that God is leading and guiding. But I begin to think about you, and so many of you have dealt with situations in your life, turmoil, relationships that are broken, situations in your family that are are rough. Some of you have been in a process of grief. Some of you have been going through that, that process of grieving, grieving a loss. Some of you have lost jobs. Some of you have lost wages. Some of you just, your wages have stayed the same, but your expenses have gone up and you're, you're thinking, how am I going to be able to make ends meet? And it's not very peaceful. And I'm like, God said, one of the last things to his disciples, he says, in this world, John 16, it's a life verse for me. I memorized it as a teenager because it's something that impacted me when I I remember reading it, my Bible, and it impacted me. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And God is a refuge, He's a shelter, He's our, our very present help in time of trouble. And I say to you this morning with all the love in my heart, keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep searching. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Keep abiding. Keep staying connected. Keep your heart in tune because God has something amazing in store for you. So I asked Tisha if she would close with this song this morning, Tremble. And I want to pray with you because this song, Can you, Pastor Ben, would you throw the first lyric up there, peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break at your name. I don't know what storm you're going through in your life right now. But let me tell you, I read about a God this week who said, peace be still. And the disciples were were saying, man, even the winds and the waves obey him. Man, there's something about this guy. Let me tell you, that's the Prince of Peace. That's the Jesus that I know. And so if you need God to be your refuge, if you need God to be your strength, if you need God to be your peace this morning... If that's you right now, would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me today. I need God to be my peace. Come on, hands need to go up. Yes, 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 yes. If you're online today, let Pastor Ben know that you need prayer. He's going to pray with you today. I'm going to ask if if you need peace this morning from whatever situation. If you need peace in your life, in your home, in your finances, in your relationship, in your workplace, with your children, with your parents, whatever it is, I want you to get out from where you're standing this morning. I want you to meet me at this altar this morning. I want you to allow me the privilege to pray a prayer of faith today and believe that the Prince of Peace will give you a peace that transcends all understanding to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Someone, would you begin to move as she sings this morning? Would you begin to come down and let me pray a prayer of faith with you today?
0: i i yeah.
1: Power in His name. So when you're in turmoil, when you're when you're just feel like you're walking through a valley, you don't not experiencing peace. Get connected. Make sure your heart's in tune. Speak the name of Jesus. Jesus. so much Ashley and I are honored to be here we're we are we are thankful for a church where our our, our board was they, they, they believe that a healthy pastor is a healthy church amen you can't have a healthy church unless you have a healthy pastor and I, I appreciate that uh, they not only give me the time off but they make me take it they do so I want to say thank you to them as well. We had a, we had an incredible time. Rest, ready to go. Man, I've already got my to do list for this week. I'm I'm fired up to be back in the office, and I don't. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited what God is going to do here the next few weeks. Would you pray for our kids this week? We have four boys that are going to kids camp uh, on Wednesday. Pastor Keith is taking them, so would you pray for Pastor Keith as well? Uh, were his, so uh, we figured that he needed to, we figured he needed to, to be the one to take them. And so uh, Pastor Keith is going to take the kids and be, minister to them this week. We're excited for him uh, and excited that we're not the ones doing it. Uh, no, <laughs> that's, uh, I'm more of a youth camp guy, I'll be honest, and Sasha makes fun of me because I... I'm like, you can't just let them run around. Like I'm used to teenagers and like, hey, I'll see y'all at dinner. You know, uh, I'll hang out with you if you want me to. And most of the time they like wanna run and go do their own thing. And kids, you got to hold their hand and take them exactly where they need to go. And 17 years of youth ministry makes it hard for me to jump into that kids ministry realm. I do it and I enjoy it when I do, but I'm glad Pastor Keith is going and gets to, this is his first experience. So he gets to have that blessing uh, Pastor Ben and I both have had. Uh, they're gonna have a great time. But pray for those boys this week and uh, be sure and come Wednesday night for our night of community to connect one another, especially if you're newer to the church. This is a great way for you to meet people and, uh, and and stay connected. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you and your family today. Father, thank you for a wonderful church. I love Hope family. They're ministering to me as much as I'm ministering to them. And I pray, God, that you would Bless them and that you would keep them. That you would make your face shine down upon them. You would be gracious to them. You would turn your countenance to them. And you would give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church.